You're listening to Nostalgia Be Damned. Buddy, you're a boy, make a big noise, playing in the street, gonna be a big man someday. You got mud on your face, you big disgrace, kicking your can all over the place, singing, We will, we will rock you. Hello, everybody, my name is Zach. I'm Brandon. A.K.A. DJ Von Lichtenstein. Ulrich. <laughs> You're listening to another episode of Nostalgia Be Damn, the show where we take some of your favorite movies from the 1990s to the mid-2000s, and we look at them objectively, take off the rose-colored glasses, and, uh, I don't know, dude, we... We joust. We joust. To the doth. We juice to the dooth. We are covering this week 2001's medieval adventure comedy. A Knight's Tale. <laughs> now, you selected this one, Zach. I did select uh, this one. What's your history with this film, man? Dude, this movie was always such a guilty pleasure of mine. I think I knew in uh, my deepest heart of hearts that uh, <laughs> this wasn't really a good movie, but I didn't care. Um, me being kind of more of a sports background, um, I've, um, I'm always fascinated with some of the weirder sports. Like, for, for instance, like I've watched a cricket match before. Oh, really? Yeah. In real life? It, uh, or not, on television? On television. Oh, so it didn't count. Okay. Just well, kidding. No. That's cool, man. And I also like Australian Rules Football. Uh, shout out to the Throw Me guys. I don't know if they watch AFL oh, at all or not. I'm but. not sure either. I'm not a sports guy very much. However, this was a, a pretty fun movie for yeah. me back in my youth. But this but this spoke to me because I, I'm always, I've, I've always been a fan of sort of medieval movies and high fantasy movies. And it had sports and it had classic rock, which is... <laughs> The weirdest combination of things uh, ever concocted into a film, but I always loved it. Uh, It's been a few years since I've watched it. I'd probably say close to five years since the last time I've seen A Knight's Tale, but my God, did I love this movie when it came out. Uh, What about you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, same as you. I love this movie when it first came out. Uh, This was one of the first movies to ever really introduce me to Heath Ledger, who became kind of one of my favorite actors around that time, even before Dark Knight. I just liked a lot of his smaller roles and mm-hmm. whatnot. Um, and this was one, this and like 10 Things I Hate About You was, I believe, two years prior. And he just got a charisma to him that even in the worst movies, uh, which again, he he was lucky enough to not make a whole lot of bad movies, in my opinion. Yeah. But he's great in everything. He really just has that that charisma to him that he's just likable. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I wouldn't say this is one of his best films. It's certainly not. <laughs> absolutely not. Uh, but this, interestingly enough, I, I bought this was one of the first Blu-rays I ever picked up, actually, because really? Sony released all of their uh, catalog titles, some of their their popular ones on home video, in a wave when Blu-ray was first uh produced or or released anyway and so yeah this was one that i picked up but honestly sitting down to watch it with you today i think it's the first time i've seen it on blu-ray which means i it's the first time i've seen this in close to i'd say maybe 10 years yeah and you can really tell that this was one of the early blu-rays because the the menu on it was like ridiculous (laughs) and great and made like sound effects and noises also had nothing on it no special no special features what the fuck sony come on but uh 
tell me a little bit about this movie because I'm curious. I've never really learned anything about this movie despite it being a movie in the back of my head that I've always deemed uh, watchable to me. Yeah, well, I I found myself when I was researching this movie, I, I've never really even just typed this movie into IMDb. It was just a movie that I wouldn't say is completely forgotten because I do people, I hear people mention it from time to time, but it's just not a movie that I ever really think of, I guess. You know what I mean? It's a movie that's just kind of always in the back of your mind. Yeah. It, in my opinion, it was just kind of one of those lost early 2000s movies. But looking this up, it's kind of moderately or modestly received. It's got a five, uh, 6.9 rather on IMDb and a 59% on Rotten Tomatoes. Fairly okay, middle of the yeah. road. I'd say this movie for a lot of people was just fun. Yes. You know, it, it yes. wasn't a movie that you really should have expected uh, uh, either a sports film out of or a comedy or a medieval movie. It was Or just, a romance. It's also a romance. Oh, yeah, or romance. It was just, it was a movie that, like, it was a little bombastic and just kind of out there. And I, I thought it was fun when I saw it. I don't think it was really meant to be anything than exactly what it is. No, and, and we mentioned that it was slightly forgotten. I think it would be completely forgotten had it not been for the the cast and also mm-hmm. the fact that they use this anachronistic music this this rock music that's what you kind of immediately get the the tone for what this movie's going for within the first couple minutes yeah um, this is going to be the easiest podcast to put music to by the way oh so absolutely yeah, yeah exactly so easy uh roger ebert he gave the movie three stars out of four and he argued that the anachronisms which a lot of people had problems with um made little difference and and even the director himself pointed out that an orchestral score would be equally anachronistic because they didn't have that back in the 1400s or whatever you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. and so if, to his credit I like movies that feature anachronistic music, like a Tarantino movie or a horror movie that's going to use some sort of like insidious, uh, you know, tiptoe yeah. through the tulip shit. I love when they're able to do it in a way that's not like pounding over your head. Um, it, it stylistically adds something and it makes you feel subconsciously just kind of slightly off kilter, like maybe disturbed or whatever they're going for. I've always thought that music can either make or break a lot of movies. I think of a movie recently that. Just the music in it is so good, and I know that was kind of the point of the movie, but Baby Driver oh, is a movie that just drives it. Uh, another movie that I thought was really funny when it came to the music was like Shaun of the Dead. Yeah? The scene where oh, they're the fighting zombies yeah. with Queen in the background. That's the most memorable scene in that entire movie to me because of the music in it, because it's just kind of like out of left field. And so I really like the idea of what they do in this movie with some of the music that they use. The director, Brian Helgeland, uh, he said in an interview that he used modern music in the movie to show modern audiences what people then felt about their music. Because he said that if he used Renaissance music, it wouldn't give you the feeling of what they were feeling while they were at these matches. You know what I mean? Right. So he, he just put in today, or not today's, but you know, some 80s classic rock to get some you fucking amped music, up. Really, yeah. stadium music to jack you up like you would be at an event like this. Fair enough. Which, again, works to its advantage, sometimes to its disadvantage. Yeah, some people um, really didn't like that. Yeah, and it, it's understandable. And, and if you can't get past the first 10 minutes of the movie, don't bother sitting through the two <laughs> hours and 10 minutes that it, it is. It only yeah. gets worse exactly me. so uh like i mentioned this was directed by brian helgland he's actually an oscar winner he for writing he's actually a very prolific writer in hollywood he won an oscar for la confidential and was nominated for mystic river but he's also directed uh payback with mel gibson you remember that movie no all right he's also <laughs> in the uh, the order which also had a heath ledger back in it i do uh, remember the order 42 the jackie robinson story and okay. uh legend with tom hardy recently okay um so he's he's worked since i'd say there's some hit and misses there sure yeah they're not a it's not a 
It's not a great filmography, but his writing, he does have a lot of great credits there. And I think his strength is usually the script. In this movie, I disagree. I disagree. <laughs> yep, I, I'll agree there. So, uh, again, like I mentioned before, I didn't really know if this movie was successful even at the box office. So, looking it up, it had a $65 million budget, made $56 million in the U.S., but $117 million worldwide. So, it did make its yeah. money back and was a moderate success for Sony. This is such a movie that runs on TV. TV, now absolutely. So much. Yeah. I mean, it's perfect for like TNT or like Spike now, the Paramount Network. Um, it, it, like this was perfect for television because it was it was PG thirteen. Yep. But there's nothing offensive about this movie other than a little male nudity. <laughs> yeah, we do get quite acquainted with Paul Bettany's ass. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> So it was 45th for the year. Some other action flicks that were out in 2001, okay? We got Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. Uh, Mediocre. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Rush Hour 2, dude. The, the best, best Rush the Hour. Best Honest, Rush honestly, hour, that yeah. is the best the Rush best Hour. Rush uh, hour. <laughs> the Mummy Returns. Oh, the best mummy. <laughs> no. <laughs> Pearl Harbor. Uh, oh, the best war movie. <laughs> Jurassic Park 3, which we've covered. The best Jurassic Check Park. out our episode yeah. on that. Yeah, uh, the Planet of the Apes remake. The best Planet of the Apes. <laughs> Including the the remakes. Oh man, uh, the Fast and the Furious, the first one, dude. The first, the first, the best one. Well, I mean, honestly, probably the probably, best one. Yeah, yeah that one's uh, not even a joke. Laura Croft, Tomb Raider. The, oh, the best Laura Croft. <laughs> Black Hawk Down. But mediocre. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, Swordfish. Behind Enemy Lines, and uh, actually, I wrote this one down and laughed out loud because of how similar the premise is. Not really, but Black Knight. Do you remember that movie with Martin yes. Lawrence? <laughs> yes. That movie was That's dreadful. Ridiculous. <laughs> I own it on DVD. Of course you do. <laughs> no one's surprised by that. <laughs> Shocked and sad. You have a Knight's Tale on Blu-ray. Yeah, well, I mean, that's different, dude. This is a Knight's Tale. (laughs) All right, dude, let's just hop into it then. Let's do it. So I love a movie that starts off with some text, brother. Oh, absolutely, (laughs) because the first thing I want to do is read when I see a film. Especially when I know, as aforementioned, it's two hours and like 10, 12 minutes long. Oh my God, it's like four page masters. <laughs> at least, at least um, four. It's so funny too, because this movie started and we were both, I think, not expecting a lot, but kind of pushing some hopeful optimism. Yes. And the first thing we see is like this lazy yellow font and we're like, <laughs> oh, and it's man. like poorly written too. It's like, <laughs> oh shit. But basically, yeah, it, it's setting up what you're about to see. Basically that uh, a knight has died, but his squire, it was just the beginning for his squire, William or whatever. Yeah. And then it goes, we didn't need it. <laughs> no, basically, didn't need that. Un- unnecessary. You pick that up like right immediately. Then we get it. It also explains that jousting, which the rules of jousting? The rules of jo- no, it doesn't even explain the rules of jousting. It just says that jousting is a medieval sport. Oh yes, I'm sorry. In this yeah. little prologue thing, yeah. Well, they explain everything to you like oh, three times. The next, just like, in case. three scenes are just explanation. So we open up on a dead body. This is Sir Ector. He's a knight, and his like. He's got, a, like, three squires, basically. Mm-hmm. So there's Mark Addy, uh, obviously from Game of Thrones, and uh, he's in TV, he's, a yes, bunch of movies and whatnot. Uh, King Robert, if anybody's wondering what he plays in that. And then there's Alan Tudyk, whom yeah. I love. I uh, love Great Alan actor. Tudyk. And he's that's the thing. Fantastic. This cast is great. It really is, and it's so good. And for those who don't know Alan Tudyk, uh, I know a very popular role is Steve the Pirate from Dodgeball. Oh, absolutely. He's in, yeah, Firefly, and yep. he's in uh, uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. A lot of movies. Yeah, great I mean, guy. He's fantastic. He's, he's great. He's yeah. so good. Uh, and then there's Heath Ledger, who's our main character. He is William Thatcher. Mm-hmm. 
and he is looking a little Rastafari, right? Oh <laughs> What's God. going on with his blonde what the dreads? What is he wearing? He looks so terrible. He looks like a pirate or a hobo. He, he, He's like a hobo looks pirate. like a hobo, which he pretty much is. So apparently, they haven't eaten in three days, and they're kind of surrounding this guy because he appears like he's drunk, but actually he's dead. Yes. And he's still completely in, you know, night attire. Yep, and he's supposed to be in the middle of a tournament right now where he's jousting, um, and some someone from the tournament comes up to him and says, hey, you need to get your guy up to go, like, or else you're going to forfeit all the prize money and everything like that. Yep. And William decides that he's going to step in and go for it instead because obviously instead of just withdrawing and getting no payment, they need to eat. Yes, and it's mid-match, so he's already three lances to one, so all he's got to do is stay on the horse. He doesn't have to do much, but in order to win, they got to put a body on there. They just got to stay on the horse. So Heath Ledger gets into the uh, night gear, and we get a little fucking queen right off the back, man. Everyone's, like, pounding their fists. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it, You know, and I understand where this movie uh, either wins or loses audiences right off the yep. bat because it's a stadium full of like all these medieval peasants and they're they're banging their fists and clapping their hands along to queen music that <laughs> yeah they clearly don't hear but we do um i actually really like the opening and kind of get you in the mood for what exactly this film is going to be well kind of <laughs> no yeah it sets up this tone that that they are pretty consistent with throughout the film i'll, uh, give, I'll I'd, give them I'd that agree with that yeah so, yeah, he goes through with that match, takes a fucking lance to the face, and it dents his helmet in so much so that he can't uh, reveal his identity when he wins the match. Well, I think he lies about that, so they don't know that uh, well, he true. was yeah, lying. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he, either way, he wins the match. He wins, like, this uh, peacock gold feather. feather made of gold or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah. I don't know, really dumb. But uh, obviously they sell it immediately for, I think, only... Only silver? like 15? 15 silver or something like that, which initially they're going to split among the remaining squires and then just kind of go on their separate ways. Yep. But William makes quite a large group decision <laughs> and he gives them each one silver coin and says, we're going to use the rest of it to train and to buy me armor and then we're going to get super rich off of this these tournaments i'm gonna become a knight and they're like okay well there's like a lot of issues with that first of all that's a big group decision that you're making for us kind of, you just kind of stole our money yeah absolutely like, that's what happened second of all uh we kind of glossed over this they do explain it in the first three scenes yes they do we'll bring it up again um you have to be of noble birth aka a knight to compete in tournaments. Gotta and be royalty. William is not. He's the son of a Thatcher. That's his name, William Thatcher. He's a Thatcher. fucking peasant, dude. He's a peasant. So he's, you know, his uh, his answer to that is pretty simple. We'll lie. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Yep. All right. Yep. Good enough. That's weird, but all right. Um, and so he steals their coin and like, I can't really get over this in the first thing. Like, they're just like, accept it. They're like, I, yeah, they I accept guess it. our money is gone now. Like one of them wants to use the money to go home. <laughs> I just want to go home. The other one's like, I just want to eat. Yeah. I want <laughs> to eat food. And he's like, no nah, guys, trust me. This We're going to do we... this thing that I'm not good at, that I have never proven any strength or skill yeah, really and he's in. like acting like, no dude, like I'm good at this. Don't worry. He just got his fucking head caved in. <laughs> In the last joust. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Oh, man. But, hey, he's played by Heath Ledger, and that smile, man. He's fucking handsome as hell. <laughs> he's too handsome, you yeah. know what I mean? You can't turn him down. You let him go. Let him go, dude. <laughs> All right, we're behind you, bro. So we get a little fucking lowrider training, training montage. montage. There are so many montages in oh, this movie, so by the way. Montages. They're all set to ridiculous music. It's like turning on some sort of classic rock 
radio stations. <laughs> All the hits. Yeah, and honestly, I can't complain. You know no, what I mean? I, like, and they they use the music, man. They're like, no, we bought the rights. Like, they played, the full they played song. all of We Will Rock You by Queen, and they played all of Low Rider. Yep. The whole song. So some of these little training things that they're doing, these little scenarios, it's him on horseback. He's trying to hit a target with his, you know, makeshift lance here. There's, like, circles he's got to hit it through. There's, there's also, like, shields and whatnot that he's trying to he's smack. He sucks. Yeah, pretty yeah. terrible at first. But, you know, this they got to use the whole song. <laughs> so it just <laughs> keeps exactly going and keeps is. going and keeps going. And eventually he's fucking good. I don't know how much time has passed, but he's fucking good. We talked about the length of this movie. This is why. It's just so many scenes are so pointless and drawn out. And there's so much physical comedy and whatnot. And, like, the comedy in this, I will say, is kind of a, its weakest, one of its weaker points. I, yeah. I, I like the tone and I like that it's fun. Because it is, and the cast chemistry, like, they're infectious, and, and it is it is mm-hmm. fun. But at the same time, none of the jokes really land, and, like... Well, ow. so, and it's weird, too, because the two other squires are both, like, established comedy actors, Yes, too. yeah. Like, I know Alan Tudyk has done a ton of comedy roles that mm-hmm. he's done really good. And, um, what, who is the other Mark guy? Addy, the Mark guy from Addy. Jack Frost. <laughs> of course, I forgot that he was in Jack Frost, too. <laughs> Um, he had a sitcom for like several yes, years. Yes, I like do a remember successful, that. Yep, I remember being. What is that? Last funny, stand. Last still? man standing. Last man standing. Yes. Wait, is that is that his show? Or is that the Tim Allen one? Oh no! Oh, <laughs> Jesus! Oh no! Uh, I don't well, remember. I can't remember Who gives what it is? Or like, I, but he's also in the Full Monty too. Yeah, he he's, is. He's been no, in, yeah, so, plenty of so like they roles. have the talent there to do it. They just, you know, it does fall short, and I think it's because the writing. Some of the writing. It's the writing. It's absolutely the writing. Really, and we we talked about uh, the writer of this movie being a pretty well established writer. Yep. Some of this is just dreadful dialogue, dreadful uh, scenes that like are really just kind of like they miss so far off the mark. So it, it's definitely not one of their stronger points, which is weird because you have the people to do it. Well, we mentioned while we were watching it, we were like, if for every like four scenes of like kind of shitty, something pretty shitty in there, there's like one scene like that's one like, really oh, wow, cool that's scene. really cute yeah. or, oh, wow, that's really badass. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a little hit and miss. <laughs> yeah. So uh, He emerges a fucking hunky Heath Ledger. He's got his yeah, hair cut. Yeah, he cuts and... his hair. I mean, he just looks fucking awesome. Um, <laughs> and but... as they're, yeah, on their way, I guess, to... To the first tournament, they run across a man uh, naked. Yeah, Paul Bettany just walks around, um, ass cheeks front and center of the camera. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he's immediately condescending and like, you know, big talk, a big fucking talk. We don't like that. All right. He's not fucking... New York. I don't know. Every, he's definitely no, British. I'm New York. Though, okay. And I don't like his fucking attitude. <laughs> All right. Calm down. All right. No, he's, yeah, he's a smart guy. He's a smart guy. He's a fucking wise guy. Yeah, no, he's like a poet. He's a writer. Mm-hmm. His name's Jeffrey Chaucer uh, or Chaucier. I don't know. I'm going to fuck it up. Fucking We're going to talk with Jeff. His name's Jeff. Jeff. His okay? name's Jeff. But he's played they by call him Jeff. Paul Bettany, uh, who is a great actor. Uh, I love Again. him in many films. Yeah. Yeah. Does he lie to him for up front? They lie. He lies to him up front. He says that he's been robbed. That's right. Yes. Um, yes. That's why he's he's walking around beat up and naked. Uh, but he also tells them that he's quite good at forging documents, mm-hmm. including the one that gets you into a tournament because they've learned that this tournament that he's going to, they've kind of narrowed the field. So only if you can prove that you're like a fourth generation noble or a fifth generation noble. Uh, can you enter this tournament? And he claims that he can make the forged document that will get them into this tournament. So, and all they have to do is just kind of take them along and feed them and clothe them. 
Yeah. And so they do that, and that's what gets him into the first tournament. And what's his alter ego? Sir <laughs> Ulrich von Lichtenstein. Dirk Diggler. Dirk Diggler. <laughs> I can't remember where he's from, too. It's like some ridiculous... Gildenfield stupid... or Gladdenfield or I, something like Gilden... that. I do. But yeah, Sir Ulrich von Lichtenstein. Ulrich. What I will say, right off the bat is that these sets are pretty incredible. Beautiful sets. Very well done. Yeah, it kind of... See, what I liked about it from maybe like a sporting aspect, because it does give you that spectacle of like, you know, what probably... I'm not going to say for sure, but it kind of gives you that attitude of like, this is a sporting event. It's just the (laughs) the mid-ages. Yes. It's very cool. Uh, There's lots of banners all over. The stands are very cool, well-designed. They look medieval, but at the same time kind of give you that arena sort of feel. It's a beautiful set design all the way around. I will say some of the costumes appear a little cheap. Other costumes are really good and and seem, you know, really in tune with the time period. But a couple of them are like... Where'd you get that? Well, there's one specific character who, like, every oh, costume we'll get into and her. hair Holy choice they shit. make is so fucking ridiculous. <laughs> it's so <laughs> dumb. So Jeff decides he's going to be basically his herald, and yep. these guys are, what, they're hype man, right? <laughs> yeah, essentially. So they their job is to come in, introduce them to the crowd and the nobles, and then be on their merry fucking way. But he makes a meal out of it every oh single God, time. He... Every time. He's so bombastic. I've used that word twice. In the crowd, though, before this match begins, he spots the lady we were talking about earlier, and she's got some... I don't I don't remember what hairstyle, but I can guarantee it was fucking wacky, dude. No, so there was no hairstyle in this one. Oh, she's remember? got the... She's wearing, on. like, this white robe and this white triangle hat or some fucking yes. weird She looks like straight out of hat. Handmaid's Tale or she some looks, shit. I, it's so fucking ridiculous. And, like how, like, how can you tell that this woman's beautiful? You can't see more than half of her face. <laughs> She's played by Shannon Sossaman, uh, who had a, a career back in the early 2000s. She was in movies like The Rules of Attraction yep. and 40 Days and 40 Nights, um, the Josh Hartnett vehicle. Are you saying this was a turning point for her career? <laughs> yeah, it certainly didn't go too much higher from here. She was in Sinister <laughs> 2 recently, I believe. Oh, okay. But, uh, yeah, she plays Jocelyn, although you wouldn't tell that from the beginning here because she refuses to tell him her name. Yeah. Somebody... It's cute. It's romantic. She's, oh... We we skipped it because she's he says, what can I call you? And she says, call me a fox for now. And he says, ah, a foxy will be my foxy lady. And that's, that's where, where they get, yeah, that's where that's we, where we, where get, we the get the term. term. That's where we get foxy. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to mention in the span of this one scene here, though, uh, we didn't mention the music is done by Carter Burwell, who's normally incredible uh it mm-hmm. does a lot of the coen brothers stuff i uh, recently did three billboards and uh fantastic composer Great music in that uh but in this movie the song the music that's not uh like the main theme that goes through which i kind of like yeah and the like rock songs i don't like it's like no, for what's for instance here it's like almost like a high school rom-com guitar riff yeah i don't know so it, then it, it goes like a gregorian chant <laughs> i i don't know it felt like this whole movie, the director and the composer were kind of not on the same page. It you know just, what I mean? Like he, like the director was clearly going for something. That's why there's all this fucking rock music included. And then like he just, the composer just kind of goes for like medieval music. Yeah. Like it's and like period piece drama music. It's just, it's so off the mark. It's kind of weird. 
it's just weird to have that and then the juxtaposition of all these, like, you know, 80s rock bands. Yeah, and then <laughs> fucking, you know, rolling AC/DC stones around the and the ro- ACDC <laughs> yeah. comes in. It's ridiculous. Oh, oh goodness <laughs> gracious. So we're back in tournament time, and this is basically the next 40 minutes of this movie is just, like, him getting a little better at each round and yep. whatnot and tournament after tournament. Well, so he's doing okay in the joust, um, but he's he kicks ass at the melee with the sword so like it's basically him just fighting dudes in this little square with the sword and he's like kicking the shit out of him yeah I like kinda, ridiculously i kind of wish so. they would bring this back in the movie honestly i don't know why you wouldn't just make the whole movie about this yes the jousting's cool oh it is it's great it's so cool but like apparently he's just like a fucking master at the sword and they're and even like the the supporting actors even say this they're like hey we should keep signing up for the sword. He's like, no, I don't want to sign up for the sword anymore. There's not enough money and prestige in it. Yeah. And like, it's, fuck you. <laughs> it's choreographed pretty well, this little fight thing here. Yeah. And you can tell it, the the swords are heavy as shit. And they're in this all this hulk hulking, like, bulky armor and yeah. shit. And it's just hard to move around in general. And so it's kind of a fun way to build a fight scene around. Yeah. And it's, you know, it, it's not too serious either. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's cl- I mean, it's Heath Ledger beating the shit out of guys. <laughs> and then we get another kick-ass montage taking care of business, man. We sure do. T- <laughs> oh, my God. But before that starts, the other thing I want to mention is we get a little bit more backstory of Jeff's character because he's once again naked. Apparently, he, he owes some debt to these guys that are at the fair yeah. or at this tournament. Yeah, so he, he... He's a gambler. Yeah, he's got a gambling problem. That's what he says. And... uh Heath Ledger doesn't really have the money to pay for him, so instead of just leaving him there to get, like, skinned alive, oh my Lord. He, he promises to buy out his debt. He just ha- So now, like, the pressure's on to win the tournament. Right. Um, and in turn, he stays on as their herald and just, you know, instead of just being some bumbling guy that follows him, now he's there. He's part of the crew. <laughs> That's right. And now he's looking for some new armor uh, because his last match there, again, he's been crushing it, winning match after match. Yeah, he's got ugly fucking armor, though. Yeah. And so they eventually find a woman Ooh. who everyone makes a gigantic deal of because, again, you know, women probably wouldn't be armorists or whatever they are, blacksmiths. Blacksmith, yeah. And they, women probably wouldn't be allowed to these tournaments unless they were noble either, so... You know, a little a little off kilter there, if you ask me. Yeah, what one for the ladies in a one night's tale, I suppose. But no, this is Kate, who is I can't remember the actress's name, but uh, it's the same woman who plays Lydia in Breaking Bad. If anybody is a big Breaking Bad, that's fan right, like Laura yeah. Frazier, I believe her yes, name is. Yes, yes, that's what it is. Uh, plays Lydia significantly younger in this role than she is in Breaking Bad, I think. But still quite beautiful, and I would very say beautiful. Probably more attractive than the lead. I think she's way more attractive than the lead. <laughs> and I, again, okay, but this was we don't also get a, a fair look. Yes, we don't yeah. get a fair look at the lead because she's always covered in this wacky ass costume and, and hair. Yeah, and her hair color changes like every. What that, the fuck's happening there? No one's like dying hair back then like thing that, the right? Wind. Yeah, that's like a continuous thing with the women in this. Like, and I, I noticed it. It was even some of the extras too. A lot of the women in this movie have like this punk rock hair. Mm-hmm. That it's all like it's pink and it's like floating all over the place. And it's like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> and they're all wearing like the most absurd costumes too. The costumes for the women. Yeah. Like they all look great for the men. 
the costumes for the well, I wouldn't say great. The but the costumes for the women are like all off. They're all just weird. Most of them are. Yeah. I mean, the armorist Kate again, that's her name, Laura Fraser. She plays Kate. Yeah. Um they she, keep her in simple clothing. Yes. And she becomes a member of their crew basically uh by proving her worth. She wants to prove that she can make this armor better. She do, and she does. She also teaches William how to dance. Yes, we're not there yet, though. Well, we're bro, not there Because yet. we got to introduce our film's villain. Oh, yes, of This course. guy, he's played by Rufus Sewell. Uh, the guy's name is Count Adamar. Mm-hmm. This actor here, Rufus Sewell, I remember, I think this was the first movie I ever saw him in. In every movie since, I've always just, like, he looks like a fart, dude. I, I don't <laughs> like I don't like his face. He and it's did. nothing against him because he starred in some great movies. And I've seen him play a, a good character like a you know a hero and whatnot i think in like dark city and either. shit dude yeah. yeah there are movies that i've seen him in sense that are good well, i just don't like this guy he looks like every every period piece villain ever he's like he's tall he's pale and he's got like this black curly hair yes and just like he looks like joaquin he's phoenix got a, in the glad yes yes he does yeah. he's just got an unsettling face he's almost like that other guy What's his? I think it's Peter Sarsgaard. He plays in like yes. Boys Don't Cry and yes, Green yes, Lantern. Yes, 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 yes. I, every movie, again, he's a fantastic actor. Every time I look at his face, I just don't like he's him. He's just got that fucking face. Man. Yeah, Paul Dano almost had that face for me. I know I won't. Don't bad talk. talk Paul Dano. About Paul Dano in front of me. Okay, he's a fucking great. Full disclosure: actor. Zach is obsessed with Paul he's Dano. The greatest actor to <laughs> of ever generation. grace the screen. That's ridiculous. In the history statement. of film. That's a ridiculous. Statement. Paul Dano should have been in this film. <laughs> He should have been in a Night's Tale. He should have been. Who would he play? He'd fucking play Heath Ledger's role. Get the role. fuck out of here. <laughs> no, he'd play the villain. Of course he would. Yeah. But yeah, Count Adamar, who yeah, I kept thinking of Calabar from Halloween Town. Yes. <laughs> He's got the black cloaks and shit on all the so time. goofy. <laughs> but he basically explains the rules of jousting to jo- Jocelyn and the audience. <laughs> yeah, in case nobody had picked up on the rules, you know. Which is kind of a cleverish way of of kind of getting across this part. I will mm-hmm. say this is this is the one of the least uh, clunky exposition scenes because there are some that are just this is this and that is but that. But it's still <laughs> also very obvious. Oh, it's very yeah. on the nose. Um, so he explains the rules to jousting, which is that if you break a lance on someone's uh, belly to their neck. You get one point. If you hit them in the head, you get two points. And if you push them off the horse, you get three points. And there's only three rounds per joust. And you get their horse, right? Uh, Yes. If you knock them off their horse, you get to take their horse. Which, by the way, guys, I don't know if you've ever seen History Channel's Full Metal Jousting. (laughs) You would not stop about this. No, I was so excited. I love Full Metal Jousting. It was such a good show. Bring it back for season two if any... History Channel's executives are listening. It's the only good show you've had in years. Bring it back. Uh, so Count Adamar basically roasts Will in front of Jocelyn because you can tell so he's mean. he's got the hots for Jocelyn. Yeah. And he wants he immediately feels threatened by Heath because it's fucking Heath Ledger on a horse. Who wouldn't be threatened? I'm threatened. I'm threatened. Do you want to fucking fight, dude? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you, dude. So Paul Bettany, we get a real taste of how he riles up the crowd here. And I will say there are a few things that he mentions or shouts out that are actually really funny. I actually laughed. Yeah, he met him at the top of what, Mount Sinai? No, he says he's like, I first met him on a mountain in Jerusalem. (laughs) That's what it was, yeah. There's another one that, like, he spent a year in Greece in silence just to better understand the sound of (laughs) Of a a whisper. whisper. And then he talks about, like, ah, he's the savior of Italian virginities. (laughs) Yeah. 
but the one, the only, Sir Ulrich von Lichtenstein. And very WWE. It's very <laughs> WWE, like, and, you know, like, Michael Buffer, let's get ready to rumble. It's, it, like, I get what they were going for. I, you know, I think I liked it a lot when I first saw it. Watching it now, I think it's a miss. Dude, <laughs> I, this is the thing. I think if they just did it once, maybe once and, like, towards the end, he gets one. At the but very they do it end. almost every match, almost every fucking tournament. He's no, up so there the making w- a new speech. Yeah, the way you make this better is that he's, like, he's smart and good at being a herald, but he's like everybody else. And then at the end, in the last joust, you make him crazy like that. Like, yes, yeah. Rile up the crowd. So just like, you know, develop a little bit. Well, no, his whole point is that he's fucking too cool for school. He's like, the, he's got a way with words. He's a poet. <laughs> oh, God. well, that was a weak one. I know. Dude, get out. It's the Think bottle, about what you've man. done. I don't know what to tell think you. Think about what you've done. So this name is kind of important. The next guy he's supposed to uh, joust here is Thomas Colville. Um,. And it turns out to be a fairly, you know, routine match. He knocks the guy down. They both get the same amount of points, right? Well, the guy or, even um, so they both get knocked no, in the so chest. He, so he hits him, and he go. He comes up to Will or Ulrich, and uh, tells him that uh, he can't fight anymore. But he's not going to like just quit right there. He wants to finish the third and final round. So they kind of. You know, pretend to go at each other and, like, pull up at the last second. They're like, oh, it's a draw. And then he withdraws, saying, like, oh, you know, like, he wins. And in the crowd there, you know, Adamar's basically like, oh, what the fuck? He could have wasted him. Why didn't he? And then she's like, oh, he shows mercy. She's into it, dude. I, I got to tell you, man, I don't give a shit about this fucking romance. This romance subplot. subplot they so they dedicate a lot of time to this. So much time, and it, t- it, it halts the movie every single time. Well, that's the thing, and I wonder, I often wonder, were they trying to get the, like, teen audience, like the teen girl audience to this movie? Yeah, no, it had to, I mean, this movie is clearly for a male demographic. Well, I feel like it was very marketed towards, like, action, watch this shit, he yeah. will rock you, Queen, you know? yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, um, so, I guess, like, I don't know, like, it must, it, they must have put it in for people, like, girlfriends who were dragged to this movie. You know what <laughs> yes, I mean? No, like, and, and it makes sense, I guess, to some extent, to have some sort of small romance subplot, but I thought the biggest, you want to see his change and him become it, a knight, for yeah, real. but and, it's like... It takes up, like, the entire movie. It's, like, they bill it as a side plot, but it's, like, it's practically the entire thing. It's the whole driving force behind the movie. It does become the driving force, which is kind of of lame. It's so terrible. Well, because they just, it's not that they don't have chemistry. They're both, like, fine enough actors. It's just that I don't care about her in particular. Yeah, and they don't develop it well, too. Like, What is she? Who is she in society? I I have no idea who she is because she's... High enough to like be up in the gallery with the nobles, but she's at every single tournament. She's there at every single tournament in France. Yep. She's yep. not of high enough birth where she walks into a church and like people know who she is, but she like sits next to all the kings and lords, and it's just. I don't know who she is. I have no idea who she is. <laughs> really bizarre. So the next match, we finally get to see Count Adamar on a horse, and he's squaring off against uh, Ledger. And I forgot that this happened so early in the movie. Mm-hmm. But they have to set up a whole bunch of shit here that will pay off at the end. Yeah. So they square off. Uh, he appears to be winning the match for the first two rounds, and then the last round he gets, uh, what, knocked off his horse? He gets... Oh, no, no, he gets his head, his helmet ripped off his head. Yes, yep. that's right. Yep, he gets donked right in the fucking dome, dude. And he ends up losing by three to two, I think, because 
through various early rounds, Heath Ledger was up 2-1, and then he gets hit in the head. Yes. And so he ends up losing 3 <laughs> And it's kind of hilarious because when he gets hit in the head, he has, his, like, a part of his life flashes before his eyes, and he gets oh, yeah. this, like, childhood memory of uh, when he was very young living in the cheap side, I guess is what they call it. The cheap which side. is pretty much the slums of this city. That's yeah. what they call it, cheap side. <laughs> so dumb. Um, so we see young William. He's on top of this guy who's being publicly ridiculed in with yeah, the stocks. Yeah, he's in the stocks. And <laughs> while he's sitting on top of him, you know, these knights are coming through, and he's, you know, very enamored by them, obviously, but he feels kind of like a piece of shit, and he looks to his dad or whatever, and he's basically like, I'm going to be a knight when I grow up someday. And the guy in the stocks of all people is fucking laughing at this kid. It's like, dude, you're a fucking piece of shit. Um, yeah, he's but- basically like, a th- Thatcher's son, you'd have a better chance stand- changing the stars. And then this becomes uh, a whole thing, yeah. bro, because then he turns to his dad, and he's like, can a man change his stars? A man can do whatever he wants if he believes, William. But no. There's no fucking way but you no, could that's become fucking a knight. Scientifically so stupid, impossible. Stupid. Listen, William. I get it. We're in the Middle Ages, but that's fucking dumb. Read a book. <laughs> Read a book. You stupid crook. Fuck you. I'm gonna give you away to a knight. A knight's tale. And that's the end. Fade to black. What do I you like think, to dude? do. <laughs> Count Adamar approaches Will after the match is over, and basically is like, "In what world did you fucking think you could beat me?" And Will is super fucking pissy about this because uh, he lost in the joust, but he also won in the f- in the sword fights. So he he essentially feels like he won like second. But that's when he makes the vow, like, "Hey, we're not doing the sword fights anymore. We're just jousting until I can fucking beat that piece of shit." You have been weighed, you have been measured, and you have been found wanting. Right? Yes, been found wanting. They'll say that again. Oh, you, don't fucking <laughs> maybe, spoil dude. It, dude. Yeah, sorry, maybe. Oh my god! I wanted god. to pay that off Are at the end. Crazy? I'm sorry. I just wanted to pay it off. Yeah. So Roland Watt, that's Roland Mark Addy. Yes. Watt is Alan Tudyk and Kate. Uh, teach Will how to dance because he needs to make a public appearance as basically as this night uh, to keep the front of going. Yeah. And he's going to this ball where you know what's her face Jocelyn is expected to be. Yeah. And so uh, they end up starting this dance that. Uh, starts out like a normal medieval dance, but soon it fucking just fades into like this rock song, and suddenly it just breaks out into like a fucking '90s like prom. Yeah, dance. a like, wildly well, detailed choreographed dance to David Bowie's Golden Years. I gotta tell you, they got a fucking they kill people at this at this ball <laughs> in the real Middle Ages. They're like, what the fuck are these women doing? Yeah, exactly. They slaughter everyone in there. Yeah. <laughs> but instead it's just a bunch of sexy people dancing around and fucking count Adamar's in the corner stewing dude oh he is God. steaming Fuck them. so <laughs> uh, what follows is they go on to the next tournament and William is doing good uh, he's getting ready to faint face Adamar again uh, but Adamar goes up against a mysterious opponent the same one uh, that William faced in the previous tournament, but he he finds out the true identity of this knight and he withdraws. Why does he withdraw, dude? Yeah, Colville uh, apparently is actually royalty and high royalty. He's the Prince of England. Yeah, he's next next in line to become king. Yeah, so uh, William's team finds out about this right before he's set to joust him, and William, instead of withdrawing, charges at the guy. <laughs> 
Yeah, he charges at the guy, and the guy's like, oh, shit, here we oh, go. Oh, shit, here we go. And he goes at him, and they both smash right into the chest. You know, it's a decent match. I think they both earn the same exact amount of points. Yeah, I think it's a draw or whatever. But yeah. regardless, he wins the king's fucking respect. respect absolutely. Because he finds out, like, oh, he knows I'm the prince. Well, I guess I'll fucking tuck that in my pocket for later. <laughs> exactly. You've got the balls to come at me, and you know who I was? Yeah. So what follows after this, and, and forgive me, I'm going to start powering through some of this because we've got a lot of movie to get to. Uh, what follows after this is a montage of William beating the shit out of people as a jouster, but uh, he keeps eyeing beating what's-his-face, uh, Adam. Count Adamar. Count Adamar, excuse me. How can I get that wrong? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Kate, meanwhile, has been uh, forging some new metal or some new armor for Will, and she says she's been heating the metal differently and whatnot, and they, they actually test it out, and it appears, I guess they just test it once with, like, a fucking yeah, battering like a fucking ram. ram. <laughs> uh, and it's lighter, it's thinner, so, like, you can maneuver better, but it's supposed to be stronger than average steel or whatever. Uh, what's really infuriating about this is that she puts two Nike symbols on the armor <laughs> and she says oh it's my mark in case anybody wants to know who did it and it's like no you were sponsored by nike and there was no way to get a fucking nike symbol <laughs> maybe into that's a case, medieval but, film or so it's you, just a joke it might be just a joke but they are absolutely just I, nike check marks. yeah it's nike check marks you don't get <laughs> but maybe they're in on the joke you know what i mean i think I they, are. they must know. be i will they find out be. but yeah he wins the uh, the tournament and then for some reason, because he can't get his way with Count Adamar, he just unloads on Jocelyn. The, the first, like, well, so previous Count, 30 minutes yeah, have he, been him pining after her. Yeah, and she's, like, throwing herself at him. Yeah. And he just fucking unloads on her. He's like, you're just a silly girl. Like, yeah, you know nothing. Yeah, and, like, flowers are useless because she's, like, comparing their love to a flower or something like that. I don't know. He's he's Basically, he's bitchy because Count Adamar got called to a war. You know, <laughs> an actual fight. Because, you know, despite him being a shitty person, he is a real knight, he's, a.k.a. person who's fucking forged his yeah. way and lied well, knights and knights are cheated. just fucking soldiers. Like, <laughs> so, you know, you're essentially... He's a draft dodger. <laughs> yeah. So... So he's just bitchy about that. Then there's this huge montage of him just fucking winning every place they go. They're basically touring France, winning all these tournaments. And we cut to the front. <laughs> this is the best, this dude. The Where his, fucking, his squire follows this guy into the battle. <laughs> the battlefront. He's just And he just comes up with him like... And like he's fucking handing him the Sunday paper. He's like, results from the tournaments, my lord. It's sports like, section. Yeah, like sports section, my lord. <laughs> and it's like, we're in the middle of a fucking war. Like, I'm looking at battle plans. But regardless... <laughs> Hang he on takes, a sec, yeah. Yeah, regardless, he takes fucking time to, <laughs> to look him through. And he just starts... Starts reading and Ulrich's sign is on everything and he just goes Ulrich 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 Ulrich. Then he fucking stabs a knife through the. <laughs> Doesn't happen. <laughs> so good, dude. Um, and so naturally he's pissed because while he's off at war, you know, making his living, uh, <laughs> Ulrich is winning all of these tournaments. According to some dialogue in the very next scene, I think it's been a month. I think it's been a month has passed since like he started since winning. He let loose on uh, on Jocelyn, yeah. On Jocelyn, yeah. So he decides that he's gonna try and write her a letter, and of course, you know, uh, Jeff there, he's a you know, a poet and a, and a master with words. So they try to craft this very detailed, beautiful, poetic. And they basically letter. take lines from everybody in the group. 
Yeah. I don't know. It's so stupid. I, I hate that we have to talk about this at all. But we do because there's so on. much of this. Uh, and then they go back to her with the note, and she's very enamored by it and sends a kiss back to Will, and that promises she'll be at his next tournament. Which is in Pally. I'll be wearing your letter. What? It's basically like, you know, going to your boyfriend's football game. I'm wearing your letter. You oh, know? I got like it. Like varsity. Yeah. Oh, were you a big football guy? Uh, no, dude. Um, <laughs> I was not, dude. <laughs> Jeff is back to his gambling ways, though. Uh, they're all at the pub there, kind of the crew, minus Heath Ledger. And he makes a bet with these Frenchmen who are super French, oh, by the way. so French. In case you didn't know, they... they Suckle the bleu. Suckle the <laughs> Like that kind of French. Oh, it's a Frenchman. We always beats English, yeah. <laughs> Bleu cheese. <laughs> I'll let do for mom. Jesus. You're getting red. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's hot in here. They bet him that, you know, a Frenchman's not going to win, that, you know, Sir Ulrich von Lichtenstein will. And they bet all of their money, right? I, I think most of it, yeah. I think they say, like, 50, and if it was 60, would bet 60. But they bet 50 silver coin, whatever the fuck. And, yeah, place it all on him. And the gang seems to be all for it. Unbeknownst to them, at the Ugh. same time, this is the worst. This is the worst fucking thing ever. Jocelyn basically says, you know, if you want to prove your love to me, you have to lose your next match. Because he's trying to, you know, win her affection back. She loved the letter, and then immediately he gets there and almost turns back into a chode again for a quick second. And she's yeah. super, I don't, like, the thing about this is he goes to such lengths to win her heart. And I don't understand why, because she's, well, so, I don't like her. I know. Much. she's And she's really weird looking, man. Like, with the costumes <laughs> oh, and the her hair. Her hair is always fucking yeah, weird like as shit. Yeah, it's like a fucking million different colors. She's in a church. If a fucking priest in the Middle Ages saw this woman walking around with pink hair, he'd slit her throat right <laughs> there on the steeple. Christ, man. Like, come on. It's Bather the Middle Ages. The holy, which I, way? He, Heath Ledger, in the beginning of the scene, uses holy water to slick his hair back, by yeah, the way. Super <laughs> blasphemous. <laughs> Fucking amazing. Oh, man. But yeah, so this is the worst, because he's going on and on about how winning is the most important, and he will not lose, and she basically says, I'm going to win for you, and she says, why don't you lose for me? That will prove your love for me. And so he claims that he's not going to do it, but then they line up at the next match, and he does. He just fucking stands there and takes his beatings. And there's like a huge montage of him just fucking getting obliterated by sticks. And the crew is fucking losing their shit, thinking they're going to lose all their money at this point. Yeah. But after he's been knocked the shit out of, she basically sends a message, then changing her mind, saying, you know what? Now, if you really love me, you'll win. I'd be like, what a fucking <laughs> What the fuck do you, you want me to me? tell? Also, why, for some reason, like, I think this tournament has a different structure. He loses so much. I don't understand he, how many people he have loses to, so many matches and they're like well if you win the next yeah. few and then like other people lose you can make the semifinals what the other ones have just been like straight up like tournaments why is this one have like a round robin and like <laughs> yeah dude and then semis like what fucking March Madness of jousting in Paris what's going on it's crazy though because she affectionately watches as he's Beating the shit out of like, yeah. I just don't. It's such a manipulative asshole move. Oh, this is an immediate red flag because she's sitting there like, and instead of being concerned that this guy is literally getting assaulted out in front of a crowd of people, <laughs> she's like, oh, he does love. She's swooning. Well, that's the thing. It's played off like it's super romantic, dude. Maybe we're just assholes, and everyone else is like, this is the most cute thing ever. I have been single for a while, so this. Is- <laughs> All of this makes sense now. <laughs> it's clicking. It all comes back to a nightstand. I just need to get the shit kicked out of me somewhere. <laughs> God damn it. 
So they uh, head to England, right, for their for the big world championship. Yes. Well, he does end up winning the tournament in Paris, and uh, oh, dude, yeah. How do we skip over? Yeah, we 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 skipped the hookup scene where nothing of importance happens other than they hook up. There's a super long five minute dialogue scene. It means nothing. They say nothing. All they, you need to know is they fook. They fook heard um, in a tent. Ten so, fucking dude. But so they go back to London for the World Championships, and they're all kind of reminiscing about when the last time they were back in London was. And for uh, William, it's been 12 years, and we get a nice little flashback of him meeting his knight, Sir Hector, right? Sir Hector, yep. Hector. Yep. Oh, and what's-his-face is there, too, um... Roland. Yes, in an old... Young Mark Addy's there. Roland. William's father is kind of giving him away. He's like, you want to become a knight? This is how you do it. You have to go squire for this man. And so he's giving up his super young son uh, probably for the rest of his life. And it's it's kind of... um, If the child actor... I, and, uh, I hate to make fun of child actors. You know that. But I also love it at the same time. This <laughs> child actor is fucking atrocious. I wouldn't he's say he's so atrocious, bad. but he, he's not a good one. He's, he's not, not a good bad. one. The dad, though, he's bad. is pretty good. The guy yes, who plays the dad, the dad. The guy who plays the dad is phenomenal. And he has been... He, honestly, criminally underused. I'd rather have William trying to, like, reconnect with his father as a subplot. Than the romance? Than the romance. Yeah. Christopher Casanovi, I guess is the guy's He's name. He's fantastic. Uh, but don't you worry, because we do have a father subplot. We'll get into that in a second. But, you know, we have this scene where he gives his son away to be a squire. Does he get money for this? The dad? Is he selling his kid? Um, so, or is he just giving so him just away from- so that he'll have a better life? I think he's just giving him away so he has a better life. And one of the things he tells him, you know, his father's, he, he asks him when he goes away, he's like, how do I know the way home? And he's like, well, that's stupid, William. Just follow your feet. What? That's bad. Dad, what? I can't hear Follow you. your feet. You're breaking up. <laughs> Sorry. And he fades away into the mist with his hand held high for like fucking five minutes as he slowly just backs away. guys on the ferry are like, what the fuck what is are this you guy doing, doing? Is, He's like waving, but his hand's frozen there. And it's, Sir, it's seriously a like a 25-second shot of him slowly fading away yeah, into the dumb. mist. It's really silly. <laughs> I don't know. But, dude, this is the most on-the-nose music. The fucking boys are back in town, yes, my we friends. Get a quick boys and back in boys town. Are back uh, in nice town. little overview of London. Again, uh, all the medieval sets in this look fantastic. They're brought into this stadium that just looks phenomenal. It kind of looks like, uh, uh, you know, it looks like what the Globe probably looked like if it was a sports arena. Yeah, and Adamar, he's signed up. He's yeah, back he's in the competition. Back because the he's reason, been, yeah, he's a fucking war criminal essentially. Yeah, uh, he's been like raping and pillaging, <laughs> and so they disbanded his unit. <laughs> And they're just, like, casually talking about yeah, this. They're that's like, a yeah. dishonorable discharge, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it's like, well, he's here at the tournament. <laughs> like, Everyone still loves him. crazy. Will wins the first match of the tournament. Then we cut to him riding horseback in the rain back in Cheapside, where he was from. And he has this conversation with a girl about, you know, trying to find his dad, basically. And she tells him, yeah, that guy's, I do know that yeah, guy you're talking about. he's still alive. He's, he's still alive. But he's blind as food. <laughs> Dude, he can't see shit. He's fucking blind as a bat. This is probably uh, my favorite, one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Yeah, absolutely. It, that doesn't have to do with like action or jousting. Yes. It is, I think, the most emotionally driven scene in the entire movie. Just because um, it actually, like, Heath Ledger has not really had a chance. We know Heath Ledger 
is a good actor. He has not yeah. really had the opportunity to prove that in this movie <laughs> thus far. Right. Uh, but he gets it in this scene. He meets up with his father. And like we said, the father, also a very good actor. And it's just so emotional. He comes in and he's like, ah, oh, my name's Ulrich. And he's like, oh, I hear that name I changing hear that from name the stadium. stadium. Yeah. And I bring word of your son. He, uh. What did he said? He wanted to let you know he ended up changing the stars. And the father catches on. He's like, and did he follow his feet home? And he's like, yeah. And it's just so, like, it's because. It's cheesy and cliche. Yeah, all these, like, cheesy cliche lines that you know they're going to, like, drop Reference back again, to, yeah. like, are said. But the way it's delivered is like, oh, God damn it. Like, it's, <laughs> it's really well it's really done. Really it is. Yeah, they're just two good actors and this, they do the best with the scene. And it's, it is, it's sweet. Yeah. And they kind of reconnect over a night and whatnot. Then the most ridiculous outlandish plot shit. I hate this. Oh, it cuts it. outside and Adamar is just kind of watching. Has followed him. Has followed him. And I guess watches him hop outside a window and somehow makes the connection to all of this. Yeah, it's super bizarre. Like finds out who his really father lazy. is. So he finds out. I mean, it's just a way to just like kind of throw us through the third act. Like, yeah, the jig is up. Yeah. Everyone knows now. Yeah. So Adamar, then after following in the last night, then turned him into the authorities, basically proving the fact that he's not royalty, that this guy, James Thatcher, that he went to go visit is actually his dad, and that yep. he's a goddamn peasant. He's not a knight at all. Yeah, so he's been, you know, defrauding. <laughs> nobility but before he you know has to get arrested and whatnot he does get the news um that he has the opportunity to run away and he chooses not to he chooses to stay because he is a knight i will not run you're not a knight you're a hobo you're a hobo man <laughs> you were a rastafarian hobo you're like homeless, two months ago you're a homeless peasant who's been defrauding <laughs> tournaments <laughs> like you've been cheating you've been lying like, so he uh gets sent to the stocks Good. Um, While he's locked up there, he does get beat up for a quick little scene. There's a, you know, Ulrich has to come to the prison and taunt him and whatnot. Yeah, like, again, too. there's so many of these scenes that could easily be cut. And they're all so long, too. Like, the scene where he's, where they're telling him, like, you can run, it goes on for, like, five minutes. The scene in the dungeon where he gets beat up goes on for five minutes. Even the scene in the stocks, which, like, is probably the most important out of those three scenes, uh, it just takes so fucking long to get to the point. But I do like it. I do like oh, the point. No, it's this cool. is pretty cool. Yeah. So, yeah, he's stuck in the stocks. The public's kind of ridiculing him, throwing fucking vegetables and shit mm -hmm. at him. You know, and his crew comes up to try his aide tries to protect him. But there's a fucking Jedi in hiding in the oh crowd. Oh, my God. The fucking Prince of England in the middle of London. <laughs> In the middle of, like, the slums of London, is wearing, like, these black Jedi robes, and he throws back his head. It's so every, fucking... Everyone just fucking turns silent, like, holy shit. Holy fuck. Could you imagine, like, in the fucking Bronx or something, people are playing basketball, there's, like, a huge... Then there's, like, a huge breakout fight and whatnot, and then in the crowd, they look over and like, is that Obama? And Donald Trump throws <laughs> yeah. back his hood, like, hello, <laughs> mind if I shoot a couple threes? <laughs> Three... That went in, you saw it. With, like, only it two happened. security guards. There's no one else there. He's only got two guys behind right. him. Um, so, <laughs> we keep <laughs> so getting stupid. off track. But, uh, so, uh, Edward, his name is Prince Edward, by the way. <laughs> I don't know if we ever mentioned his name, his real name. Uh, Edward decides, you know what? You were fucking cool to me. I like your crew. I'm going to fucking knight you. He lies to the crowd saying that he has per personal historians saying he has. he's from an ancient royal bloodline. Yeah, just not fucking true at all. He just lies. And he, he like even like presses the issue. And he's like, and I'm the prince. What I say 
go. (laughs) And he fucking knights him. It's pretty awesome. He's dubbed Sir William Thatcher. He gets to keep his own name. Very cool. Now he's a fucking knight. He's an actual knight. pretty badass. And uh, so he's like, so, you still want to fucking joust? Rematch for all the glory, bro. And so that sets us up for our final joust of the year. Adamar V. William. Oh, my God. And uh, things do not go well for William. First of all, his fucking lady isn't even there. What a bitch. Yeah, neither is his blind-ass dad who couldn't watch the match anyway. Yeah, what a bunch of assholes. But Adamar is essentially weighing his gloves. He's he's well, spiking. He's tipping, he's tipping his lance, so yeah. it's got spikes, at like metal spikes at the end of it, inside of his like fist cap or whatever yeah. that he's got at the end of it. And it's supposed to like break super easy, so he ends up in the first lance... Stabbing first round, <laughs> fucking almost mortal wound. Yeah, he gets yeah. crushed with the and the the wood is still you know sticking out of his chest. Yeah, and uh, and that's when you know the crew realizes, holy shit, he's fucking cheating. But William, he instead Gotta of maybe going. you know yeah. saying something, he is a war criminal. That's that's true. What is he? Well, but yeah. he's a knight now. He's and, a legit knight. Well, he's a knight of the people, and this is a war criminal. I'd be like, hey the fuck mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know i'd have said something that's just me whatever um but in but he's fucking will thatcher he goes at it again but he, he can't he can't even fucking hold his uh, lance in this one he gets fucking pummeled again now he's down two nothing what a loser <laughs> come on then he looks up in the crowd jocelyn and fucking blind papa are walking the bleachers they're sitting down and they're watching this whole thing unfold and this is kind of inspiring him he takes off his armor and even though he can't hold the lance he says hey latch it to me arm latch it to me arm which is, you know, not a good idea if you're going full head head on speed at someone. You're just gonna like extend your arm out and like push him. That's no a good armor. Way to get a break. And I do want to pause for just a second to mention how these uh, are shot and edited. They're shot beautifully. I love it. every single one of these jousting oh, yeah. matches. Is fucking awesome. They put some of it in slow motion, some of it's uh, close cut. And and but what what bothers me is the fact that a jousting match probably lasts eight to ten seconds. Yeah. No. I mean. <laughs> they cut. They drag these cuts out to like keep like <laughs> extending the tension oh, for almost like a, a minute, minute sometimes. Yeah. Um, but to buy William a little bit of time, his herald says, "Wait a minute! I never got my introduction." God damn it! Because this movie needed to be longer. Yeah, and so he gives again. This is where had he not done this any other time in the movie, this would have been fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, but he gives his like long winded like speech this time he introduces him as will thatcher it was not as badass as i remember it being the first one. this is the least interesting and cool speech he gives yeah no it's kind of boring but it gives william enough time he's got it latched on they go for the final joust and guess what dude he fucking unhorses him, dude. That's three points. Puts him ahead 3-2. He fucking wins, dude. He wins. He gets his horse. And as he does it, as he delivers the crushing final blow, he shouts his own name. William! Would been- you do that? I know. I, mean, I don't know whose name I'd shout or like what a, I would shout. I think that's like a medieval thing, though, that you shout your house's name. Oh, okay. So That's pretty awesome. Like then. I think cry. Thatcher so- would make more sense then, right? Yes, Thatcher would have made more sense. Um, I think fuck would have been awesome. If he was just like, fuck! I think it would have been cool if he had not yelled. Probably wouldn't have been rated R. But no, but it's pretty awesome when he's just like, well, yeah. Fucking uh, smack. Know, Again, the cool. sound design is awesome in this as well. I think oh, that's yeah. an, uh, something people well, look the over. the splintering of the lances yeah. sounds so cool. And like the clang of the armor. It's, it's 
There's a lot of technicalities in this movie that are very good. But yeah, he dehorses him. Yeah, and then as he's laying on the ground, he looks up and his whole, you know, promise came true. You'll be looking up for me from the flat of your back. You've been weighed, you've been measured, and you have been found wanting. And I always, when I saw this, I thought he was like dead. <laughs> Apparently it's just like in his head or something like that that he's seen like I don't think this is anything's people. in his head. I think he's laying on the ground and they just like kind of stand over him yeah, but, but he's just flash, never addressed. But then they flash back to the horse thing. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they do flash back so for that's some why I silly thought stupid it was like reason. in his head or no, something. No, I think it's just poor editing. Okay, yeah, bad decision, I guess. We'll <laughs> uh, just chalk it up to a bad decision. But yeah, the whole crowd storms the you know the field. She comes out, Jocelyn, and they embrace in one long kiss. The camera's mm-hmm. spinning and fucking whooshing all around. Yep. And we get a little ACDC. Everything fades away, and they are, they're almost on like a moonlit stage. Yeah, I don't know. It's faded credits, honestly. But, so... <laughs> Brandon, this blew my goddamn Brandon mind. Brandon didn't know this. I knew this from all the times I had watched it on TV. Hmm. Um, Brandon was like, well, that's the end of the movie. And I said, oh, no, dude. Fast forward to the end. There is an end credit scene. Do you want to explain it or do you want me to? Uh, you please explain it. I will preface it saying that, honestly, it goes down in history as one of my favorite end credit <laughs> scenes. I can't believe I didn't know this existed. So it's uh, everybody in the crew except for William. Yeah, they couldn't get Heath Ledger they back. They couldn't get Heath Ledger to do this scene, which <laughs> blows my mind. Um, <laughs> they're all sitting around. They're drinking beer. And they go down the line and fart. (laughs) Each fucking character farts a disgusting, like, wet fart sound. Except for... uh, Alan Tudyk, Alan Tudyk, who lets out this, like, little baby fart. (laughs) Little squeaky fart. And they just go, no, you're buying the round. Yeah, next round's on you, and that's it. That's it. An eight stand. Holy shit, man. This changed... That bumped it five points. Right, yeah. <laughs> no, probably went from a four star to a five. Good right? lord. A knight's tale, man. <laughs> a knight's tale. All 138 minutes later, oh Zach, what are your thoughts? Holy crap, dude. So I have a lot of emotions running through me because I really wanted to like this movie. I, I did. I anticipated too. not liking it. That's true. Um, But I really, really, in, in the back of my mind, wanted to like it. There's a lot of things, and there are a lot of things to like about this movie. First of all, uh, like I said, I'm fascinated with sports that are kind of outside a normal realm for us um and jousting's right up there i find it fascinating uh like i said i I used to watch a show called full metal jousting that was about it i'd love to see it as a real fucking sport it's so cool to me um unfortunately that's where a lot of the movie just like ends for me i love the music the acting uh is not great but i blame that on the script um okay the, the cast i think is really talented Overall, this movie, I just, it tried to get in a lot for everybody. I think if it had just focused on what it was doing good, which is the music, the jousting, uh, letting Heath Ledger maybe flex a little bit more with his acting, letting the co- the comedic actors do a little bit more of their thing, I think we have a much better movie. But it, it's stalled by these lame, boring, overdrawn love sequences and subplots that I just don't give a shit about. Yeah. Um, so I, I really blame a lot of this movie on just, uh, the script, honestly, <laughs> like, and it kind of sucks. Um, it's not, it's not a good movie. I, I, I wanted it to be good. It's not, what did you say the rating was like a 59, a 59% on rotten tomatoes. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to go lower than that. Unfortunately, I'm going to go and give it an even 50. Um, it's, you know, 
it's a movie that I'm glad we watched and maybe give it another six, seven years. I might go back and watch it again, but I I can't really deem it as one of my guilty pleasures anymore because I didn't really enjoy it as much as I thought I was going to. Yeah, I hear you, man. I I remember this being a lot more funny than it was, and I think that's just my fondness for this cast. Yeah. They do what they can with the script, and so I will say, I don't necessarily think there's any bad acting in it. I think every part's acted fairly fine. It's A lot of the dialogue is really clunky or on the nose. But then in other parts, it's really well-written, and it's also got some pretty well-acted scenes. I will say that the drama aspects of this movie, I think, work better than the comedic parts. Mm. And I wish they removed some of the romantic subplot. I also wish they were just more judicious in their editing. This movie does not have any business oh, being cra- two hours and yeah. almost 15 minutes long. And there are some crazy, ridiculous, stupid cuts in this movie. Like, some of the editing, like, really to stretch out the the jousting matches is laughable at times. Yeah. <laughs> if you stop and think about just editing in general, how ridiculous this is. Well, and I like, too, like, it's very clearly a lot of these stunts are just like, all right, Marty, you're going to be the one to fucking take it. Yeah, because one. some of them don't ever try. They don't <laughs> yeah, even, like, lift up their lance. Like, yeah, oh, here comes the like, hit. up, and they're just, like, bracing for the hit. So it <laughs> Kind of looks goofy. Yeah, but uh, the sets uh, are incredible. I loved the the music selections. While a lot of them are on the nose and kind of ridiculous, some of them really worked for me. For me, and, and I found them just to very in line with the tone. And I it's will kind say, of charming. That it's a good word. It, it's charming. This is a harmless movie. A good like sit down after a hangover, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, watch yeah. on TV even. It's going to be, like, fucking three and a half hours long with commercials, but oh, you watch on TV that's just, like, in one ear, out the other. It's really not a memorable movie, and, I, and that's why I've kind of been, like, racking my brain trying to remember certain statistics or it, if it was successful, how people remembered it. And that's the thing. I think it's just kind of a, a fairly average movie. Forgettable but not terrible. Exactly. And so, well, I will say... The charming aspects of this do kind of weigh it, tip it in the positive scale for me, mm-hmm. and so I'll 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 give it a, a fifty-eight. I'll almost match it. Wow. I was almost okay. gonna give it a sixty to a fresh, but the jokes just really don't land, um, and the cast is really pretty much its biggest benefit. I'll say. I gotta tell you, the middle of this movie to me just starts. Drags. It starts to feel like a chore. Very after repetitive a while, after yeah. you get into it, really. And yeah, they need to cut some of these tournaments out. And it's, it's just so much consolidation. I'll say that could happen with this. This is movie. a movie that could do, use with like a good fan cut or something like that's that. Right, yeah. That's right. That's right. But yeah, not a waste of my time. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. Agreed. All right. Cool. All right. Well, moving on to next week, Zach. I'm gonna lay this on you right now. You have to pick. We've we've made three ch- choices. Uh, mm. You know what they are. You don't have to say them out loud. But just pick the one you want to do next week, and that's what we're going to do right now. All right, dude. I, <laughs> people are going to hate me. They really are. This is going to be the worst movie to talk about, by the <laughs> way. Be so nothing bad. to it. But, no, oh, nothing man. happens in it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, now I feel embarrassed. Um, dude, let's do fucking dinosaur. Let's do dinosaur. <laughs> that's the movie where they just walk to one place, and that's the whole movie. It's yeah, 80 well, minutes of walking. Okay, well, they do that in Lord of the Rings, too, and that that's one Oscars. <laughs> that one Oscars. Oh, man. No, I'm excited to see Dinosaur. I haven't seen that movie in Dude, I was ten plus years. Me too. Dinosaur. We've talked before about our dinosaur obsession with like Jurassic yep. Park, but this I remember loving this fucking movie, and I always wanted it on DVD. I didn't, but I had a friend who did, and we I always used to fucking just sneak a little peek at dinosaur. <laughs> dude, we gotta sneak a peek at D. I'm fucking excited, dude. Uh, this is gonna be fun. Yeah. 
Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you for subscribing. If you yeah. haven't, fucking do it, bro. If you're new to the, the show, welcome. Yeah. Uh, please interact with us if you can. Shoot us an email at nostalgiabedamnedpod at gmail.com. Yep, and like Brandon said, you can go ahead and subscribe to us at nbd.podbean.com, which is our original hosted site. You can also find us on Facebook and a couple other of podcasting apps if you're feeling frisky. iTunes. Write us a review if you could. Oh, my God. Please write us a review. Just tell us your general thoughts. Uh, if you think maybe my breath smells bad. I don't know how you can fucking mention that, but write it anyway. Maybe that will, you know, get more people to the show. Maybe get us sponsored so that we don't have to do items like the next thing we're supposed to talk about. I need a new microphone. Here we go, dude. Um... Oh, my God. Tell us what we got. Brandon, well, I want to start out by asking you a question. It's kind of an on-the-spot question, but here we go. What is your favorite movie? Ooh, I don't know, man. I can't even. All right, well, name a uh, name a favorite, favorite movie. movie. I, I love Goodfellas. You love Goodfellas. That's a long movie too. Yeah, it That's is a good movie. Mine, two twenty. I believe my favorite movie of all time is No Country for Old Men. Ooh, also, also a long movie. Also probably two hours movie. at least. Yeah. yeah, and based on a book too, where they say a lot of the book. Uh, so I I very dedicated to my love of No Country for Old Men. So much so that I've memorized a lot of the lines. But you know how I've done that. How have you done that, Zach? There is a new service out there called Tatscript. And Tatscript, let me tell you something, bud. You you like tattoos? You ever got a tattoo? Uh, I've never had one. I, I'd like to get one. Well, I'd recommend Tatscript for your first one. You can get the entire script of Goodfellas tattooed to any part of your body. I feel like it would take up your entire body. Well, probably, but that's kind of the risk you take. How much do you actually love Goodfellas? I, can't, I mean, you're putting me on the spot. I love it a lot, but not enough to get the entire script. Well, I don't think you're a real up. fan then because I have the entire script of No Country for Old Men going on my body next week. So by next week, I'm going to have the entire script for No Country for Old Men tattooed. And if there's room, I might get Oh Brother Where Art I guarantee tattooed. there won't be more room because it's that. impossible to – What do you, the entire script? That's hundreds of pages. You don't know that. This is fucking no another – No Country for Old Men was, was kind of minimalistic. They didn't have a, they didn't have a lot to say. <laughs> oh, so they're only writing dialogue? Or are they writing stage no, direction and everything? And stage yeah. Okay, awesome, too. cool. I mean, it, yes, Very it's cool. a lot. Yeah, no, it's basically everything that they see. But, yeah, it's going to be fucking sweet. I love that movie. I can't wait to just, like, read lines off of my shin. <laughs> this is another ridiculous product in a long line of insanity that you've brought upon us At least all. this one's safe. No, well, at least it's not made out of a part of an animal or something, all right? Well. What? <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what the ink is. We'll just leave it there. Jesus Christ. But thank you for listening. Stella should be damned, everyone. Hey. Tune in next week for 2000's Dinosaur. <laughs> if you have the stomach. Holy orange. shit. Have a good night. Thank you. Thank you.